Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff I Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. Here's a question for you. Mm-hmm. I feel like you've told me before, but I can't remember. Have you ever been in a play? Oh, we have not talked about this. And yes, I was actually in drama for two or three years. Oh, what was your starring role? Give me some hits. Samantha McVeigh hits. So uh, I figured out that I'm a lazy, lazy person. Okay. And so memorizing <laughs> things was not my favorite. And even yeah. though they liked my talent as an actor, I didn't get leading roles. Mm-hmm. I was, my very first production, I was a stage manager. And mm-hmm. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. But because I talked a good game of looking like I was organized and knew what I was doing, they put me there. And then it was one of our competition plays. Mm, so yeah. huge mistake. Huge <laughs> oh, mistake. No. We didn't do awful, but I was a nervous wreck. But uh, we did many a plays. We did Sound Off. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, Noise is Off. Not sound. Wow, this is how long it is. Noise yeah. is Off. Um, and I played, I forgot what character it was. I, I was very maternal apparently, in my Mm. roles uh, in most of the plays. I I will give you that. For some reason, they put Mm. me as the mother figure. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's my big thighs. I don't know. (laughs) Did you get nervous? Were you a nervous performer? I can't remember being nervous. I think I was nervous building up, kind of like how you and I have talked about the fact until I get on that stage or onto that moment, I'm good. Uh But it's the buildup. Yeah. Um, And even now, as I'm thinking about it, I can't quite remember all of my roles, but I will say (laughs) I had really good comedic timing, enough to know when I would get the big laughs, and I usually was the one that would get the big laughs. That's a skill. I mean, I'm just saying. Mm -hmm. And I I think I already know this answer, but you and I have not talked about it. Have you ever been in plays? I know you've been in movies. You've been in tons of movies, but Well, tons is an exaggeration, but I appreciate it. Uh, I, <laughs> I have been in plays. Uh, what my first role was tree number two, uh, oh. in the uh, play, the du- square <laughs> bear on the square play from Delonica. Uh, I was tree number two, and also the shopaholic. Um, and I was an extremely nervous performer, like. I even would get cast in like a lead role and then I would lose it mm-hmm. because I my voice would just shake or I would shake and mm-hmm. my my brain would go like totally numb. Um, and then I did a bunch of plays back when I was determined to be an actor, like maybe six years ago. And all of them are really, really messed up dramatic roles. Oh, yeah. Um, and I had an instance, and this this is very embarrassing, but I will share it, um, where I was a very, uh, I, I was clearly struggling with a lot of emotional issues with my husband in the play. And mm-hmm. <laughs> there was w- one part where I like crouched down and I was saying something really serious and everyone was like, oh, so good. And afterwards, uh, somebody came up to me and was like, that was a really bold choice. You made because uh, my fly had come undone, <laughs> the zipper had come undone when I crouched, and I was wearing white underwear that were stained with blood. But it was stage prop blood uh, oh. from another thing I had done, and so they thought it was some kind of weird like miscarriage thing I was doing, and I was like, "Oh no!" 
Please tell me you leaned into that. I mean... Oh, I pretended like, oh, okay. yes, okay. yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I don't think I've ever had any mishaps like that. Most of my roles, I always, like I said, I was very maternal or matronly, so I had the old makeup and gray hair. Yeah. Um, oh, so wow, those yeah. Were, those were the main props for me. So I mm. didn't have that type of mishap. Yeah. I, I, for some reason, I get always the, like, very troubled yeah, uh, right. woman roles. Right. Yeah. So this is... Yeah, may kind of fit our personalities a little bit. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. I don't know how I feel about that. But uh, yeah. You're not really troubled, but you can get to that point, which is why you write tragedy in itself. Yes, yes. I like a good drama. I like a good tragedy. They're definitely my favorite. I did do a comedy, and that one was much more intimidating to me by far. Yeah. Um, but anyway. All of that to say. All of that to say. <laughs> We're talking about productivity again. <laughs> but also uh, specifically specifically performance guilt, right. uh, which is something I've been experiencing. And while we do have jobs that are performance-based, I do think what we're talking about, a lot of people do experience. It's not just performers who feel it. Um, so yeah, since COVID, there have been so many articles on productivity during the pandemic and quarantine alternately claiming it's okay to not be productive or like don't even imagine being productive or don't treat this like a sabbatical, don't waste time in quotes, or uh, tips on how to be more productive and many other articles on how this whole thing has further exposed an always-on work culture. Right. And though we talked about it not too long ago, uh, we wanted to readdress what does productivity look actually look like today and are we overdoing it? Does our go get them and do more attitude help or hurt? And yeah, the whole level of does it put to the point that we have to perform and show once again, we are always on top of it. We are amazing. We can never be, you know, at fault for things. And even we, I, we you and I have talked about this plenty of times that it kind of comes into if we're not perfect, if we're not always on point, it's part of our imposter syndrome that we're not doing enough and so therefore we're not qualified for this. Yeah, and to be clear, this is not uh, something that has been limited to quarantine for me and I know for probably most people, um, but in our job specifically... There are times where, for one reason or another, I am just not on. Like, it's not there. And I remember once I had just found out this, like, horrible news, and I had to go into a studio, and... I recorded the episode and every every now and then I think about that episode and people wrote in and they were like, it, it just sounded like you weren't interested, you weren't into it. And they were right. And it's it's like that balancing act of, though this has to be done, there's a deadline, but I don't have it. And that's happening more and more during quarantine because there are so many stressors. There's so much stuff and it feels like such an excuse when... And sometimes it's not even you or me, or it could be someone else on our team. They're, right. they're not there that day or whatever, for whatever reason, and the work suffers for it. And I felt such a guilt about it. Like, I'll lie awake thinking about it. Right. I think you and I have had this before. I mean, um, recently, I kind of lost it and said, I can't do this today. I can't do this. I am monotone. My voice changes. I think 
that's you and I have talked about this. I actually become more monotone. Mm-hmm. I've become very just uh, robotic and trying to move through it. Um, but myself as a social worker who has gone through, you know, a lot of therapy and stuff, also am angry with myself yeah. that I can't, I just won't sit. Um, but at the same time, it, it is, it's this, it's this balancing act of fulfilling your obligations and being responsible, but at the yeah. same time, listening to your body and listening to your mental health as well. So where is that balance? Who are you hurting? What are you hurting? And who do you owe allegiance to? <laughs> at that yeah. point in time, it kind of does feel like you're betraying someone. If yeah. you can't entertain them to a certain point, I know you know you and I have talked about this a lot of times. As in fact, we talk about it because you and I hang out often and we communicate so differently mm-hmm. about what we want or having to make decisions or who's doing what yeah. that we over communicate sometimes. <laughs> I know I do because I want to make sure it's perfect. But the anxiety level yeah. of being perfect or making something perfect or making everyone comfortable is yeah. so high. And then you put yourself in a pandemic and in a quarantine where you backtrack at everything you may have done wrong. And this mm-hmm. is an overwhelming guilt. And then at the same time, you're not doing enough. Yeah. There's yeah. so much. It is. And... I think because we are hearing, we're seeing all these articles about how to be more productive or or the other day I was reading somebody and good for her, but she was like, I'm having the best time in quarantine. I'm getting all this done. And we we put that pressure on ourselves. Right. And it may I get angry too. I'm like, well, why can't I be better at this? Mm-hmm. It's not like I have other things to right, do. Right. Um, and we did our in our remote work episode that uh, came out recently, we talked about this and about kind of this bleed of work and uh, home life and that balance and how a lot of us actually aren't, we're working more. Right. But I feel like I'm working more, but I'm not working better. And that upsets me. Uh, but I also am trying to be compassionate of, well, <laughs> there is a lot going on. And there's only so much you can push yourself. I think it's also because you are quarantined, and especially you, you're by yourself. And as well as you have done, and as much support group you may have, the inner dialogue never dies. And being by yourself, you who have uh, trouble sleeping, myself (laughs) who has trouble with depression and anxiety, both, it just kind of builds on itself when you start to argue and yeah. you allow the darker side to take over. And it kind of like, I just got done with Caroline on and Lady like doing an Instagram live thing, and I feel awful. <laughs> and not because I did anything wrong, but I'm just second guessing yeah. everything I said and feeling embarrassed about half the things I said. And if, if I probably went back and looked at it, which I haven't, mm-hmm. I'm sure it was fine. Yeah. I mean, I, I, my rational part of me is, Everything was fine. Mm-hmm. But the inner dialogue that I can't shut off, and especially trying to perform, especially being, you know, oh, I want to do these things. I want to be better at these things. So yeah, this is the great time to learn your skills, you know, to be- better your skills. But then feeling like, oh, yeah, there's nothing I can do. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And I, I just want to say, like, not to toot our own horn, I think we've been doing a great job. It's just, it does come down to inner dialogue, and just having days where you, it's just such a slog. And I know a lot of people are feeling that. 
And it was interesting when I was researching this, kind of like very briefly, I found a lot of articles about how uh, people use hustle, the side hustle, as a way to convince ourselves that we have control where we actually probably don't, uh, especially in a capitalistic society that doesn't really care about you. Like, oh, if I do this and do this and do this, I'll succeed. Like, these are things I have control over. And how a lot of people, particularly in the United States, use productivity as a coping mechanism. And then that ranks so true for me of like, well, what did what did you what did this day amount to? Oh, I did this list of things. I accomplished right. this list of things. Right. And how some people have even made it almost a moral thing where it's like something you are a good person if you're productive. Right. Um, and then of course, we all know people are behave differently under stress. Some thrive under stress and some don't, but just uh I guess I've never really thought about it in that way. And this is a time where I'm having to examine it. <laughs> right. I know I've seen a lot of people doing the whole, if I speak it out, it'll come true. So, you know, bringing words to life, essentially. Mm-hmm. And I've seen that as a conversation about making money. And so the hustle, um, yeah. doing this, I'm going to have a savings account. I've seen that as a big thing. And, and that's great lofty goals. But for me, as a person who's like, oh, I can't, it's not because I'm being self-deprecating. It's, that's not possible. Right. You know, like that's for everyone. And, and putting this out there for yourself as self-motivation, that's great. But setting yourself up to fail is a whole different story. Yeah. And that's what I've seen a lot of like the back and forth of like, yeah, these are really great things. But realistically, you're in an area, you're in a country that if you've not been given these things because your family already has it, you may not ever. And that doesn't make you any less. Just yeah. because you didn't have the same opportunities does not make you less, but you set yourself up to fail when you put that same standards on yourself as those who's got the money, who's had yeah. that money, and yeah. pretend like that was their goal. It's just, it's really interesting to see these American dreams when it's like, it's not an American dream. It's a rich person's dream. It's the billionaire's dream right. to continue to get more money because they've already had that money or to continue yeah. to, or has a rigged system that helps them build up. So this could be a whole conversation if we're talking about monetarily successful capitalism and who does it help? Does right. it really help the working man? No. Yeah. Woman. Well, man. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that is a whole big conversation. Um, and, a, and a lot of this could be expounded out. Uh, <laughs> but for now, uh, that's sort of... It's been on my mind lately, a lot of, of guilt around not, it's not that I'm not productive, I am. It's now I have a guilt of that it's not good what I'm producing. Right. And it's only going to get worse because contrary to what you see on social media, things are not getting better and we should not necessarily operate at full yeah. social status. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Continuing, because I'm not going to lie. I've put up some really pretty pictures of beaches, but I've been fortunate enough to have connections like you and people who have been uh, quarantined enough and have a small circle and then being able to be in an isolated area. Yeah. Uh, but outside of that, that's it. And seeing people like talking about traveling and going and seeing yeah. people going to restaurants and things. And, and I'm like, oh no, I'm missing out. Maybe I'm overreacting, da, da, da. But then at the same time, like, but also part of this is like, we had over a thousand deaths. This today alone, you know, yeah. um, that's not happening. It's not nothing slowing down. Yeah, 
it's continuing to be worse. It's continuing to happen. The fires in California are ugly, are like really, really horrendous and very, very tragic. And it's not slowing down. So not to be the sad sack of the group, as I always am, (laughs) it's not necessarily going to be better. We're going to have to start allowing ourselves to forgive ourselves on everything we can't meet. And that's part of the trick of this whole damn thing. Yeah. It is. It is. Um, And we're all figuring it out. Uh, It's different for everybody, so. (sighs) Uh, But it's okay. We're here with you. We are. We are. And I still can't make sourdough bread. Me either. Well, I haven't tried, but... uh, I suspect it won't go well. I am going to try it, though. Are I'm going to enter um, the trend as, as, like, everyone's done with it. That's right when I'm like, it's time. <laughs> I paused on my knitting. Mm. Uh, my basil plants have died. The only place <gasps> I have. They oh, died because no. I was gone this week, and um, I didn't set up proper watering well, schedules. Mine. Mine ruh, 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 ruh. <laughs> um, so, yes, I have a mini of failures in my pocket. <laughs> But it doesn't mean I won't keep trying. I'll go buy another basil plant somewhere. This is uh, an interesting... It became more of a downer than I thought it was going to be, (laughs) but I should have known. That's what we do. Yeah, well... We're in this together. We would love to to hear from any listeners about uh, your thoughts on um, productivity and performance guilt, or just... How's it going for you? Um, How is it how, going for you? Yeah, how's your quarantine going? You can email us at stuffmediamomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Instagram at Stuff I'll Never Told You or on Twitter at MomStuffPodcast. Thanks as always to our super producers, Andrew Howard and JJ Posbay. Sorry for making you sad. <laughs> and thanks to you for listening. Stuff I've Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. 